Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. We are back. We've got brackets. We've got new content on Disney Plus. We've got news. And I'm here with my friends JD and David to talk to you all about it. What is up, fellas? Hey, hey. Hey, Dustin. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How is your March? We're now officially in spring. How is your March treating you? How's your your um, NCAA brackets looking? Um, generally, how is life for you guys? It's going pretty good. Uh, been watching March Madness like crazy. Love it. Love this time of year. My Tar Heels are going strong. Crazy game. Beat the number one seed Baylor. Uh, Florida. It's been really nice. We had, we just got done with our spring break. We had some family come in. Uh, we actually had a trip to Universal for one day. Uh, changed things up, so that was fun. So it's been it's been a good uh, month. That's awesome. Tell me about your Universal trip real quick. I, we don't yeah. ever talk about those man, guys. Man, it was fun. Uh, I've only gone a, a handful of times. Um, so we actually went to Islands of Adventure. And you got to remember, this is spring break. So this was like peak crowds. So didn't get to do a ton of rides. I think we only did, you know, four or five. I think we did five rides total. Um, but it was really fun. Love Harry Potter. Um, everything they do with Harry Potter is so great. Um, got to do the new rides, uh, Hagrid's new roller coaster, which was incredible. Uh, it was a really fun time with a lot of different turns. And um, again, I didn't watch any videos about it. So everything it did was like, wow, this is cool. Um, did also this new roller coaster called the Velocicoaster. Yeah. Uh, and they lock you in by your, your legs, literally. But you shoot in the air and you're flipping all around. So your whole torso is just flying all around. Um, it was really fun. Really Dude. fun. So I'm going incredible. in two weeks. I'm going You've to Universal in two weeks. I can't oh, wait. Oh, really? Well, you've got to do it. Velocicoaster, best roller coaster I've I've probably ever ridden. Um, okay, I don't want to hijack it, which is why I love Disney, but I do need to know, what about the food? Did you have any great food options there? So we got to do the butterbeer, um, which was great. It's been a long time what, since did I've you, had it. Did you do a hot, cold, or frozen? did frozen. Frozen, which I would okay. recommend. I, I liked it a lot. I don't think I've ever had the hot one, um, so maybe I'm biased. But, uh, yeah, I got to do that. And so we were with two other friends who actually went to our high school who came uh, to South Florida to hang out with us. And we were looking at some of the restaurants and things, and we ate at this Harry Potter restaurant. And we were looking at the prices, and we decided to do this. They offer this menu option called the Great Feast, uh, yeah. which I had never heard of. But you literally get this platter of, like, ribs uh, chicken. They bring you this whole like pot of salad, um, corn, like these big corns on the cob. And it was just a ton of food. Um, but we literally did the math. And for four people, I think it was like $70. It was cheaper to get this great feast and all get butter beers. And it was really cool. And it was almost more of an experience because they brought it to you, uh, Lynn, to all individually get our own thing. So definitely would recommend that. Is that the three broomstri broomsticks mm -hmm. in Hogsmeade area? Is that the one? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. Because there, there, um, yeah, there's the other one is in is in Diagon Alley. Yeah, yeah. So we did Islands of Adventure. So it was we only got to do Hogsmeade, but we also got to ride the ride in the uh, castle, the Forbidden Journey, uh, which was it's almost nostalgic at this point because I did it uh, you know five five six years ago. Um, so it was fun. It was really fun. It was definitely really crowded. Um, but because I don't get to go to Universal a lot, I was really just happy to be there, uh, happy to be with friends. Uh, so I was happy just to wait in lines and talk and, and drink butter beer and just be there. It was fun. That's awesome. Hey, one thing, uh, Dustin, he they were they were going to go to get 
go to Disney, but it sure. was there were no reservations. They couldn't get yeah. in. Yeah, so you wow. know we're annual pass holders. Yeah, we're annual pass holders. So me and McKay can go uh, whenever. So we actually will be able to book. We booked it out like a couple of weeks ago, and then um, tried to buy the tickets for our friends a, a week or two prior. Um, and it just happened to be the most unlucky timing that the exact day that we wanted to go with them, uh, it was completely sold out for every park for that day, the day before that, and the day after that. So it was like there's no way we can make it work. Okay, when did you try? to to book it was it the day before like mm. how far in advance was it booked out it was a solid week maybe even a week a half a half beforehand which wow. again it, i should have known better and been looking at it but because they've been increasing attendance and more people being allowed to come i haven't seen it sell out like that in a really long time since like peak covid times when they were really only letting 30 percent people come in um so it was it was definitely discouraging. So we were really happy when we were able to go to Universal because our friends really wanted to get an amusement park in. Right. Hey, was uh, were all four parks? I mean, uh, yeah. closed like Animal Kingdom, Epcot. Both of those were shut out too. Yeah, completely. Because a lot out. of times yeah, we, they have they have availability when Hollywood and Magic Kingdom are closed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they actually they were open to do Animal Kingdom. So I watched it and I watched it and was even like. I even looked at it the morning of just out of curiosity because sometimes they will wow. add, um, you know, tickets because people will cancel or for whatever reason. And it literally never opened up for that whole three-day span that we were open to going. That's that's It's right. wild to me that – and I get we're, we're post-COVID and all those things, but it's wild to me that a person wants to go to a Disney park and can't go. Yeah. A week and a yeah. half in advance, like it's too crap. Like there's too many people. That yeah, that to I mean, me that, is just it's, it's see okay. I, it, on one hand, it could be a great planning mechanism and a better, like they say, a better park experience and helps them plan better. On the other hand, it, that's you know you had friends that traveled to Florida from Tennessee to hang out and do a bunch of other things. It wasn't just to go to Disney, but would have liked to have gone who couldn't go. This is a new thing, right? This is a completely new phenomenon. I've never heard. Other than maybe, you know, New Year's Eve or some crazy holiday where they're turning people away, right, in yeah. advance and they won't let you go in. That I think this is still something that's developing and something that could um, could cause them problems. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard. I mean, again, you uh, just like what you're saying, Destin, we would have had meals there at the parks. We would have uh, probably gone to downtown Disney. We would have done all these things, spending our money. Uh, and they are just, they're turning that away. Uh, so it is a confusing thing. Dad, what do you think about it? Well, I, I can't, uh, I can't really figure out uh, how it creates a better experience because no matter when you go, it's so crowded. It's like, it's always crowded. <laughs> the past, you know, the last few, couple of times I've been there, it just seems like it's more crowded than ever. So they're turning people away, but it's still packed and, you know, is this the first time as a season pass holder, JD, that you haven't been able to go when you wanted to? Um, I wouldn't say the first. We, I mean, we got our we started our annual pass uh, September of 2021. Um, so there were some holiday things there, but definitely a week and a half out, annual pass stuff at least for one park becomes available. Again, what we would check, we've been able to check uh, the night before and then just squeeze in there and make that final cut. 
Uh, it's definitely been a really long time since I've seen just literally it never become available. Um, but it, it kind of worked out because I got to go to Universal. It was a good time. It definitely Universal wasn't a perfect experience. It was very crowded. Um, again, having to wait really long times. I, I, I got on the phone with a associate or calling about something because I was curious about their express uh, ticket option. I was like, okay, so Genie Plus, it's $30. They have a completely different system. I'm not even really sure how it works, but literally they were selling their express tickets um, for $300 a day. Um, and then it, they sold out. It's fluctuating. I have yeah, like, so I've got group tickets um, mm -hmm. for our group. And I, I checked um, the days were there. I can buy what they call um, Express Pass or something like yeah. that, an mm -hmm. Express Pass Plus, And it's like $79. Yeah. Um, in it, you know, for one day and, um, and it is, you have to schedule it kind of in advance and, and, in those sorts of things. So I imagine as it gets closer and the parks get crowded that, that they do say that that price can fluctuate. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and that, she walked me through that and she's, so I was like, she was like, well, normally if you go at more, so what, when are you going? Are you going in April? April, first week of April. Yes. Okay. Cause she was saying April and May is when it starts to die down a little more and it's more of a, a less crowded than that March, of course, which is more spring break. Uh, but she was like, yeah, it, it fluctuates more around 70 to a hundred dollars on a, um, you know, more chilled out period. But again, she was saying before they sold out, they were selling it for $300. That's insane. People were for one day. Ah, it's like, wow. One park, like, one day. Wow. That is just Wow. <laughs> but uh, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed I can't get over another $80 per ticket. Does that make yeah. sense? That's like, you know, doubling the cost. And it's just, man, you get a family of six, you start thinking about one day. You know, not the whole trip, right. not fall five days, but like one day. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. If, if you pay for that, you really want to know that you're going to do everything in one day because, or you're, you could have paid for two days. Mm -hmm. You could, you know, you're, Sure. They're getting they're still getting the price out of you for that second day. <laughs> if you only like JD, if you're only there one day. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. Well, I'm I, I, I went, to the last time, the first time I went where they had Express Pass, I was in Florida with uh John David's sister on a at a on a school trip and we went and I bought the pass because her favorite thing was by far the Harry Potter. And when I went, Harry Potter was excluded. Like we didn't oh, know it. We bought the passes wow. and then it, it didn't do, it didn't count for Hog, uh, forbidden journey. We still had to stay in the lines and I just wasted my money because she wanted to stay. We had the day and she wanted to be there for uh, all the Hogwarts stuff and so, none of it counted. Now here's <laughs> the interesting thing. Um, so the, the last time I was at universal studios, um, what we were, uh, uh, we were artists that day for a festival and, um, we got a, a VIP tour. So they assigned mm. us a person who walked us through kind of, it never stood in a line. You go right to the front, you get on the ride. I mean, I, we did everything in half a day cause we had to play in the second half of the day. And, and it was the best experience. Like I had my, Wyatt was my oldest was two years old at the time. And they actually, um, at one point he was too little to do most of the rides. So, the lady was like, hey, let me see if I can set something up. So we went over to the Spider-Man ride, right? And he could go through the line but couldn't get on, and he was still too small. So at the end, she set up Spider-Man, a meet-and-greet, where he was at the exit waiting on Wyatt. He calls him by name, 
and and we have pictures of him posing with it. It was the coolest moment. That's Wyatt so cool. still, he was two and he's now 13 and he still like talks about that. Like he remembers, you know, what he That's said so to cool. him. And I know you're Peter Parker. He's a shh, don't tell anybody. They had this little exchange, <laughs> but they really made it special. The reason I bring that up is um, I w- when I was looking for, through Express Passes, they have a VIP um, experience too. That's, if I remember when I go, it was like $250 a person for your group, right? So it's cheaper than the $300 for your express to actually have yeah. a person take you around the back lots and walk oh. you to the front of the ride. That would be, and see, that didn't to me feel like compra- like outrageous. You know, Disney has an experience like that that I think is thousands of dollars, right? Um, right. See, if I were going to spend that- 80 you know what I mean? I would consider spending two fifty for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it probably sells out pretty quick. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I mean that's true. Wow. Is that still the price for the for the tour at Universal? Is it still it, that low? Now I just checked, and it might fluctuate, kind of like the Express Pass. I don't know, but it was un, mm. it was under three hundred dollars. There was a two was the wow. first number. Well, there you go. That'd be the way to do it then. But it's still three hundred dollars extra per person. I yeah. mean, that's not yeah. dirt cheap. But I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're a family of six, I mean, that's just, I mean, that is <laughs> so expensive. Well, and I'll remember specifically, you know, um, the Harry Potter ride, the journey. What is it called? Um, that was Forbidden, Forbidden Journey. Forbidden Journey. I mean, we walked. We had to go through the line to experience the whole thing, but we walked right past everyone, right up to the front wrote it then we went to the core cool thing was we went to the um oleander's wand store which that line Mm. for that is always so hard to do and you're just going to see a little thing and be able to buy a wand right we walked right in it was i mean it was it was a great experience but about in six hours we did everything in both parks wow and you said so you got invited to do a gig there like you were singing there yeah rock the universe it actually still goes on um, we, we actually back in the, it's a long time ago, different, okay. different band. Even we opened, we were on the stage with uh casting crowns, um, wow. red and reliant K and, and okay. my band, you know? So That's that cool. was kind of the, so, that was the peak of kind of what we did, you know, <laughs> yeah. from there we're kind of on to other things. We do work so in, now. insider trick. If you want free tickets to the parks, <laughs> sing for them <laughs> and you get to write everything. <laughs> Dude, I would honestly, so if if I could, if I weren't, like, could set it up, I would do those things for free, you know, mm. for the experience of, of all of that. There was separate food for us that was free. Like, it was wow. amazing. Like, amazing. That's, cool. That's incredible. Um, if we ever do it, I'll have to bring you guys in. You have to be, like, backup singers or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, for sure. I can play uh, a tambourine or the triangle. I can, I can hum along. <laughs> Cowbell. We'll get the ride and be like, there's 37 people in our band, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, fire. that's, that's super cool. But I, I you know, we, we, I think we love Disney, right? We, we really, mm-hmm. but we like theme parks and we, we, you know, I love hearing about these experiences and they're, they're working on it. Do you see any construction for the new park they're building? I actually didn't. And I was, I was looking out for it. Uh, I, I didn't, I don't really know where to look, but I never saw anything, um, is it that close, Dad? Do you guys know anything about where it's going to be? I've seen a map, but I really don't know. I don't know it's if gonna, it's something you'll be able to see. Twenty twenty-five, right? I think so. So you think there's already got you know land cleared, if nothing else. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But we'll see. That's going to be exciting to see how that develops too. Um, 
But yeah, that's super cool to hear about that experience. I'm excited about going. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But um, mm-hmm. Disney News, you know, um, that I think to relate it to that, you know, just the park attendance and kind of the post-COVID um, uh, implementations and things they're doing are really interesting to see how that plays out. It's really curious to hear about your experience there. Um, JD, but Disney's been all in the news for all sorts of reasons. There's employees not too happy. There's um, there's some pol- political stuff going on. And I, I, let me just, I don't want to get into all that, but if you, you're a Disney fan and you've watched the news, you've seen all of this. I, I just want to say um, that in, on this podcast, the last thing we would ever want to do that would make us happy or be interesting is for us to start talking about politics and get into these issues. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Yes. That being said and stated, I think it's actually for the casual, normal Disney fan. I think it's something to to that they should listen to feedback. That this is not something we want to see them in the news for. You know, um, we we don't want them making political statements. We don't want them, you know, taking sides and they just. I I miss just do what you do and do well. Encourage, bring people hope, uh, be a beacon of light. They did so good, I thought, through the pandemic um, about kind of threading the needle and being careful and keeping people safe, yet um, taking care of their employees and workers and trying to do, uh, be a great community member, both in Los Angeles and in Orlando and all in Shanghai and Paris and everywhere else. And I thought they were kind of beacons of a great example to follow in this for all of us. And I would love to see this too continue. Um, I, again, Anybody can say anything for whatever reason as individuals, but as a corporation, when you start um, making guys like us and a why I love Disney podcast have to start commenting on it. Cause if we don't, you know, that I think that that could end up being a problem for them. What, what do you got? I don't want to you guys to weigh in, you know, more than you are comfortable with, but what do you guys think? Tell us exactly yeah. what you think about this issue. <laughs> <laughs> and well, all, yeah, all well, the details you can, Dustin, you really said it well, man. It's like it's hard to talk about politics. It's hard to talk about things like that when uh, you know fear of not being educated enough, not really knowing everything. You don't want to say anything in absolute um, and things such as that. But the thing is, for me, it's like I love Disney. Uh, Disney represents so much for so many people of a home away from home, uh, a not a no judgment zone of of happiness and an escape. Um, so Disney just needs to protect that. I mean, that's a valuable thing that not a lot of companies can say they have. Um, so I would, again, just like you said, Dustin, I would encourage Disney to stay out of politics as much as they can. I agree with you guys. I, it's not why, that's not why I love Disney. That's not why we started this podcast is to focus on what we do love. And, you know, anytime somebody finds out that you're a fan of something, they want to bring up, Oh, what about this and this? And it's like, you know, that's, I mean, there are always some things that, you know, you wish weren't a certain way or that you weren't having to deal with those things. I just kind of keep focusing on what I like. And there's enough great content and enough great history that I, you know, I'm not going to get caught up in the little things of the of the moment. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep my my sights on what I what I do love. Yeah, I, That's what I, I agree with that. that. I agree good. with that sentiment completely. Um Which brings us to, you know, there's more Disney um, news coming with Disney Plus. Um, We'll start with before we get into it. We want to talk about turning red here in a second. Um, But before we do, we we log all logged on this week and we got met with a notice that, hey, you you need to put a 
a pin code on it or set your account for mature audiences because there's now content on there apparently, or there is, that um, you probably wouldn't want your kids to see. We talked a little bit about how we felt about that in the last episode, um, but have you changed your settings yet, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we have. <laughs> I think, I think so. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting format. It's, it's. I thought they would kind of just exactly comment or copy Netflix, where um, you just have a code or you don't have a code, and anytime you want to watch something, you put that code in. But it seems like Disney is more just like um, you do have the access or you don't. So as long as you get on the profile, you can watch whatever, and there's no code there. Um, you're free to watch whatever you want. Um, so it's an interesting system. Uh, they have different levels. I think it's it's like R, M, A, uh, TV 14. So it's not like you have to be all the way, which I like that. You didn't have to be all the way to the M, A, but you could you know pick and choose. It was kind of more tailored to specifically what you want to see. So that was nice. It'll be interesting to see how, how it lasts and how it goes after just these uh, Daredevil shows. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I, I'm really annoyed that I now have to put a, a pin in every time I want to watch Disney Plus. Um, and I have to because I got four little, you know, four kids. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, they could just hop over to dad's. Not that they would or they use their own accounts anyway. But, you know, it's just an added added feature. Um, I have been. I'm halfway through season two of Daredevil with my oldest son. And uh, we're, you know, kind of going through that a little bit. But, you know, it's a minor inconvenience that um, I guess it, it, it's worth it. And everyone else has it, too. Like I do it on my Amazon account and I do it on Netflix as well. So my kids can't stumble on and and watch something that that we don't want them to watch. So it was I guess it was inevitable. Again, there was kind of always this this a little bit of hope that we wouldn't get that sort of content on Disney Plus that maybe that would be over on Hulu and Disney Plus could just be this unwalled garden where your kids could roam free and see anything they want and you not have to worry about that, but that is not the case anymore. Um so you know, it is yeah. what it is. Things change. Yeah, yeah I, I wish that, uh, I mean, as a fan, I kind of wish that the Disney Plus was more Disney and less of that content coming in, but that's that's the way it is. At least at least we have a way that we can, you can set it to not appear if you don't want it to. So that's that's a good thing. You know, the one thing, I, I and, and it was the rated MA, but the one thing I was surprised about uh, um, watching Daredevil on Disney Plus is... Um, I. You know, when you go to the Marvel section, right, and it brings up all the Marvel content, and now at the very top, Daredevil, right? Now, I'm assuming that on my kids it wouldn't be there, but there's no, like, disclaimer that, okay, this is not like the Marvel content you've seen before. And, and you know, a lot of, I, I just imagine there's so many people like, oh, new Marvel content, click. And they're like, oh, my gosh, a dude just had, you know, <laughs> is, got blown to pieces with a high-powered <laughs> sniper rifle. Or this dude's just, I, I don't want to be too graphic, but a guy just got his head, you know, Chopped off. That's enough. Yeah. I mean, that happened. It is incredibly violent. And then, you know, the, the, the where, where is this language coming from? Why is it so dark? You know, and I could just see um, so many people just not ready for that. And, um, yeah, you know, unless you kind of know what's what's going on. And, and I don't know if that's – I bet they're dealing – customer service is dealing with a little bit of that um, um, blowback right now. I could only imagine. 
Well, and even even among those series, we watched Daredevil and we dealt with the violence and uh, you know, it's definitely not it's definitely not MCU. But then we thought after we got through Daredevil, well, like let's watch Jessica Jones. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> it was another completely different level. Like we 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 did we we decided to not watch that. I mean, it was I mean, we were just shocked. I mean, it was like this is this makes Daredevil look uh, tame in area. So, I mean, we were like, you know, again, it, it's not what I expected it when Disney plus came out, <laughs> but you right, know, the yeah. only reason I watched daredevil was because in no way home, he made, he made his entrance and we were like, is this, is this going to be a part of the continuing story? Do we need to know this to enjoy Marvel as we go forward? And I, it feels like he's going to be a part somewhere. And so we, we push through it, but yeah. Well, I, yeah, it, it's interesting to see. And speaking of, uh, you know, um, shocked and awkward moments, let's talk about turning red. <laughs> you guys start. <laughs> What'd you? I'm going to turn. Hey, I'm going to. I might. I, I might turn red. <laughs> I was about to say, you guys look like you're turning red right now. Um, but new Pixar movie. Were you? Let me ask you this: What did, have you both seen it? Everybody's seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you? Um, uh, was it what you expected, or did you go in knowing much about it? Ah, I just didn't. I didn't know a lot about it. It definitely seemed like, um, it just seemed like a a, a thirteen, you know, twelve, thirteen year old girl who's kind of just figuring herself out through school. That's what the preview kind of gave me, um, and that's how some of the movie was. Um, but I do have to say, I enjoyed the movie for the most part for, you know, Disney plus, it's not like I paid for, I I wasn't at the movie theater. Um, and the movie wasn't of course targeted to probably my age group and, and, you know, um, but I did enjoy the, the last 45 minutes I found very intriguing and the action and the, the sequences, um, I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, but that was different than the preview. The preview doesn't really didn't really preview that last 45 minute climatic scene. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I think, I think I felt the first I watched, I've, I've seen it twice. My, my wife and I watched it together. And I think, you know, the first time you're like going, am I going to, is this going to be, you know, cringy or is this going to be, am I going to be uncomfortable in this? Is this, you know, is, you know, and so you kind of, you're kind of sitting there wondering what's going to happen. The second time I went back through with more of a, you know, really just looking for the things that I liked. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I really liked, a lot of things that yeah. I really appreciated. And I didn't feel like it was geared to me. Um, it felt very like it had a very uh, target audience. And I didn't, you know, but I still enjoyed it. There was a lot that I could appreciate about it. You know, there were some things I didn't, uh, love about it but i mean that's uh, any movie can be that way well we'll talk about that too and i think we it, it, we should put a little disclaimer that we are all r- very quick to acknowledge that we are not the target demographic for for yeah. turning red um and we are commenting on this as people who know we are not the target demographic <laughs> um but right. I, honestly i went in kind of blind the only thing i knew about it was it's pixar and it did not get a theatrical release and I actually think for me that lowered my expectations a little bit. So when I sat down to watch it, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it and it probably surpassed my expectations a little bit. 
um, that I had going in. And actually, I think probably the reason it didn't get a theatrical release is because it's a little more niched to to um, um, to preteen, teenage, or two girls. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that may or may not be fair, but it's not as as right. broadly mark maybe as broadly marketable. Um, maybe that's not fair either. I don't know. Um, but it didn't seem like um like a like a like the B team. Does that make sense? It, I thought it was very good. I laughed loudly in several places. I thought the mm-hmm. overall um the story um was relatable to to everyone to some degree, but especially you know, I work I work with students a lot, especially to to um to teenage girls and, and moms and those, that relationship there. While I can't directly relate to that, you know, I've seen that play out a lot of different ways. Um, I'd have four boys. So <laughs> David, I wanted to kind of defer to you and JD, you have sisters um, on, on, on some of this as well. So I, I readily acknowledge my, my ignorance in, in some of this. However, just out there, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I would give it like a, if I were rating it on a, a five mouse ears, like we normally do, I'd probably give it like a three and a half. Um, I really, I really did. I thought it was great. Now there's a couple of things to set aside. Did I enjoy the movie? Who do I think it's for? Am I going to let my kids see it? And how are we going to do that? Those are other questions too. Um, but let's get into it. What, what did you love about it, David? Oh, wow. Okay. Things that I liked about it. Um, I, I identified with her as the overachiever. That was, I was like her as a kid. I was into everything and I wanted to be the best at everything. And I wanted to, I wanted to be in everything. I wanted to be the best I could be in everything that I did. So I definitely identified with that. When I, I laughed, I, I laughed. One place I laughed uh, was when <laughs> she finally is, she's in the middle of all this turmoil and she's the, you know, she's the panda and she's hiding it all when her mom looks under the bed and she had a B plus on her paper, you know, that laughed out loud because, you know, that, that was like, that's a big moment for her that she has slipped from a plus plus down to B plus, uh, you know, identified with that. And, uh, I, I thought a lot of the scenes, the second time I watched it, I, we watched it. Then I watched, I watched again just while I was doing other things. And, just noticing things like the city and the architecture and the temple and all the animation. I mean, that's some of that stuff's just really amazing. Um, I liked, there were a lot of things that I liked and um, I didn't laugh out loud as much as I would have liked, but it, you know, there were a lot of things that I, I chuckled at cause I could, I could even identify with, but because of the overachiever, uh, I could I could understand part of that. The mom was just so over the top. Uh, you know, it was she was such a. I, I thought in all of Disney Pixar, the the when she takes her diary into the Daisy Mart and exposes that, I was like, man, that's like one of the most uncomfortable moments ever. Could anybody be that clueless? Could a mom be? that clueless of shaming her kid in front of a crowd of people that blew me away. I was, so it was, it was that like, it was so, there's just so many moments that were uncomfortable that I, I started like, gosh, is that, is that real? I mean, I guess that really happens. That's, you know, I think everybody has moments with their parents that can be like awkward, but that was, so, she was so over the top that by the time May is, 
hiding behind her back, you're like, well, look what it look look at the oppression she's under. Like she can't breathe. So you're you're dealing with like, is is it okay to te- tell kids to rebel against your parents? No. But then you're looking at, is it okay for that mom to be that way? No. It's like the, nobody's nobody's really in the right. They're just all struggling to to get through it. So maybe that's the whole thing. I, there, the, and the only thing that I didn't like about it was that there were times I was probably confused. Like, what does that mean? What does that represent? I thought it represented this, but now it seems to be this. And she's embracing the panda, but none of the other women in her family do. So what's what is the what? Yeah, there were just times that I was confused. Like, I'm not sure what this means. I just decided, John David and I were talking, it's like, you know, I'm just going to let it be that uh, there was a line where, um, I wrote this down, where Mr. Gao, when they're having the ceremony and the shaman, and he he's praying and he says, guide this girl through her inner storm. And I thought maybe that's what we just leave it. This is about inner storms. Whatever your inner storm is, maybe we can all identify with that. We've all had struggles, and just let it go. Because when you try to when you try to guess and figure it out, and it just that was there were a lot of places I was kind of confused. Like I don't know what this really means, and I'm just gonna let it go. Is this? It's about inner storms. It's about inner turmoil, pushing through, and let it go at that. Because if you read into it much, you you might. You might be wrong. You know, I don't really know. <laughs> and again, among the, uh, one thing we did was after we watched the movie, we watched the Disney Plus, the making of where they interview the, the team of women that made the movie. And it's all female leadership. And I mean, very strong from their perspective. So kind of hearing their stories and, uh, you know, that helps too. Cause you're got, this is, it's a lot of it was autobiographical. It seems autobiographical. This is, this is their stories of, of these women. They've all experienced these things. So I kind of looked at it like, I'm, I'm just going to learn and I'm going to, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And, but I'm not going to dig in too deep because it's just too much symbolism to try to figure it all out. I love the scene at the end with the concert, with the, with the yeah. boy band on the, on the wires and with the wings. Yeah. I thought that was and 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 uh, we you talked about uh, the fact that it's it takes place in two thousand two. I thought that was like an interesting take. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, today there would be cameras everywhere. We talked about that that there would be phones taking pictures, but they put it in a time where you know that uh, I did I did notice that there's like one girl that takes a picture with her camera when when the mom comes into the arena. But uh, you know it's like a it's like a film camera. It's not even a, a phone camera. So, so anyway, that's some of my thoughts. Does that yeah, make sense? Are, yeah, those are you hit every base there. I was I was literally thinking that whole time. My favorite, the the most parts that had me laughing were the the boy band parts. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. It, it, they almost had this anime type cartoonish. Uh, like little spurts every once in a while when the boy band came on. It was interesting because I've never seen that, of course, in a Pixar movie. But I did love, and I can talk about this a little more, I I loved how they chose specifically Canada, uh, early 2000s. I thought that was a very interesting, you know, time and place to go after. For me, you know, that was kind of my, I was really young, early 2000s, but it was fun to see a movie take place early 2000 that was like oh this is the past like not like a current movie that took place in 2000s or the early 2000s and to kind of see that uh 
demographic that time period was it was fun for me to watch that was probably my favorite part to kind of see that uh from a pixar movie yeah yeah no i think that's great that that i also loved that it would took place in 2002 um Mm -hmm. early 2000s and and like i said it would have been a completely different movie if it were today so actually i Mm -hmm. think what's interesting i think it takes um elements like I, I do think that parents are more like that today than they probably were in 2002. Um, and, and I can't really comment on like a- Asian culture. I, I, from what I ascertain, like maybe their parents are a little more um, uh, typically like overbearing. I don't, I don't know, but I do know to now that these days, you know, the helicopter parenting and just the over um overbearingness of what parents can do and how they make decisions for their children. I I felt that kind of came through in right. Um, Mm -hmm. With it being in that time period, you had the boy band thing that I thought was masterfully done. And you had all those side jokes about all the things you could have with boy bands. The the name of the band is like four, some, what is it? Four, (laughs) four something. There's five of them. And there's two guys that are just like hanging out. They're like, Hey, we're in it too. You know, and and they all have their favorite, (laughs) you know, so I thought that was that was masterfully done. I love that the, the Tamagotchi, you know, being kind of like, you know, uh, something kids carried around. I actually, I was a freshman in college when those things were kind of really popular. And for an English project, I once bought a Tamagotchi myself. I knew what they were, but sort of lived with it for about a month to, to see what it was like. It was super annoying. But I thought that was, it kind of captured the time period. You didn't have cell phones and social media and you didn't, you know, know what was going on. And that, yeah, that scene where the, the mom confronts the boy in the, in the, um, in the convenience store is super awkward. And you're like, who would do that? But at the same time, you know, here's her innocent little girl who she cannot fathom or imagine in her mind that she's ever like initiated this, this had to be put in her mind, this, this by somebody else, because she's a small little innocent girl, right? I do think what, what we're seeing, and I'll take it, one step further is it's the story of the of a child becoming um or in her case a, a girl becoming a woman or it could be a boy becoming a man that that adolescent stage where kids begin to test the boundaries in the, in that question of who has the autonomy do, do the parents have control or do the do the kids have control and that's really uncomfortable for grown-ups and parents because we think of it in terms of well that's rebellious but I'm telling you, every person in the history of mankind, when they get to puberty, it's this handoff of the torch of how far do kids get, what, when do they get to start making their own decisions? And those questions are different for everybody. You know, every, every relationship between parents and kids goes through that. You know, there's some kids that, I mean, in the, in the deep, I remember, dude, I, I drove home from church when I was like 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I had a lot of time to myself to do. I, I remember telling, we lived in Eastern Europe and I tell my wife this all the time. Every time she doesn't want our kids to go down the block, you know, to, to play with the neighbor kids. I was like, when I was, when I was 13, I was literally on the streets of Athens, Greece, wandering the town by myself when I was my <laughs> oldest son's age. Right. And, and that was just normal. And if I was gone, I had no cell phone. I couldn't get a hold of my parents. I just showed up back at the hotel, hopefully didn't get lost. And they had to trust me that I could, but those, those, so it's like this, this dynamic between, 
um, what is rebellion? What is allowed? And kind of what is this? What is the point where I become my own person to make my own decisions? And when do I push back and say, hey, mom and dad, no, this isn't working for me. Now, it's really uncomfortable, you know, as someone of faith and, and, I don't want to promote rebellion, but I actually don't think it did so much. We did see depictions of rebellion, but but nothing that I haven't been through or that you guys haven't been through or that every other kid hasn't been through. And I think our worry with this and what I've seen, like the Facebook, you know, moms and things that, and to, to, I'm sympathetic. Like I would not, if you sat down with your four or five-year-old or six-year-old to watch this thinking, oh, this new Disney movie, I get it. Like, they can get lessons here. It really, there's parental guidance, but the PG part is real for this. You need some parental guidance. But, you know, for yeah. 13, 14, 12-year-old kids um, on their own, I think this is something you probably should sit down with your kids and watch and talk through this stuff. And these are – I think, it, honestly, I, I told – I think I told my wife this. I, I was like, I think this is a movie that parents need to watch. Like, right. you need to consider these things. You need to think about these things. And – um Man, it was in that regard. I have a pre, like a a preteen. Well, he's a teenager now. He's thirteen, but um, a kid who's going through some of these changes. You know the, and he listens. I don't want to embarrass him or divulge, but some of the outbursts and some of the the emotions. And I, even though I have son, like I've seen that. You know, and 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 it's just not. You know, it, it's a it's an interesting. Um. It's an interesting dynamic that I haven't seen in a movie before. Right. Yeah. Well, that, and that's I mean, it. It's, we, ha- we haven't seen this before. This isn't normal, you know, Disney historical content. So it's, it's, it's awkward sometimes because it is awkward. It's, it's an awkward stage. It's an awkward time, and everybody goes through it. And it's like the, Mr. Gow said, it's inner turmoil. <laughs> so yeah. we're all just trying to get through it the best we can at parents and 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 young teenagers, so it's a yeah. it's a it's a crazy time. But I mean, like hats off to Pixar, though. It's like think of any other, no other movie industry company can make you really feel the way that Pixar and you know Disney can make you feel. And like just like a short animated movie can raise so many questions and so many thoughts and the whys and the you know all these things and and oppose so many good conversations and things just like that. Um, so again, it's like, no matter what kind of expectation you had after turning red, you can't say that it didn't make you think, uh, in some way about something that you believe or, or some sort of thing like that. Um, so because of that, it's like, that's how, that's why I love Disney. That's why I think Disney sets itself apart. Um, so again, good job, Pixar fun time. It also reminded me in a, uh, of some, a little bit of inside out. With Riley, I mean her, yeah. her, what she went through. We had a little bit of that there. I remember, remember the outbursts at the table where she tells her parents, like, just to be quiet. Like, they're, you know, she's upset because they moved. She's lost her friends. She doesn't feel like she fits in. And I mean, man, when in that movie, when all her kingdoms are kind of crumbling, the the goofy islands, all those things going on, are are crumbling. I mean, it's just that was heartbreaking. Now, this tone is different than that. Like, I didn't. This one, it was, it was, uh, that one was so heartbreaking. And this one is more like, uh, you're kind of just stunned. It's just kind of different. It's again, like I said, it's so big and it's so a different kind of uh, 
of, of action going on. So you don't quite feel the same thing, but still those same emotions where you go, man, it's just so tough being that age. <laughs> so tough. Absolutely. So, hey, I, just we, we do this with all our movies. Um, on a scale of one to five, what do you give it? J.D., you go first. Okay, one to five, Pixar scale, five being, you know, the best Pixar movie? Yes. Okay. This is the first time J.D.'s done this with us, I think. Okay, this is good. Okay, this is good. Well, let me think. So, five would be top-tier Pixar. Okay. Okay, Dustin, you talked about expectations. My expectation was low for this movie, but I actually enjoyed it more than that expectation. Um, but as far as if you put it up to other Pixar movies, for my demographic, I don't think it would hold up. Um, mm, that's hard. I'd probably give it. I'd probably give it right in the middle at two point five. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's cute. Um, would I watch it again? I don't know. But by no means is it a bad movie. David, how about you? I probably would have, I would do like a three. I would have put like, when you said 3.5, I thought that, that probably feels pretty good. I did see um, an article. I wish I'd saved it here. I can't remember which magazine it was that had done, had done a new Pixar ranking since this came out. And they had this around out of all the Pixar movies, they had it around 10 or 12. They had it higher than Coco. They had it higher than Monsters, Monsters, Inc., uh, with I, Rotten I did, Tomatoes I is ninety five percent. Yeah, wow. so I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought that. Um, again, you know, like, could I see this having its own land at Disney, like yeah. Monsters Eat could, or Toy Story? I mean, those are such big stories. This feels like a smaller story to me. So for that, I would put it right in the middle. It just kind of. It was good. I enjoyed it. It's not. I don't know that it's something I would come back and watch multiple times. You know, well, like it, I'm the, looking. It has an audience score of 73 percent and a a, um, a critic score of 95 percent. So it's actually favorable by both. A little more by the critics, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I said. Well, I think that's it's it's kind of like Brave. Brave kind of uh, had that. It's a mom daughter story. Mm. So if you're not, I mean, if you're not in, it kind of. By being, by going and doing those stories that are more specific, it's not always going to be something that the whole world watches over and over, unless you're kind of in that dynamic and that's your favorite story. You know what I mean? Well, Does you could say sense? the same thing about Onward as well. Onward was, it, yeah, it really right. resonated like brothers, you know, in that right. dad son relationship a little bit. Um, and was, I thought was fantastic too. Probably is kind of the, on the other end of this, you know, just the kind of the two balancing acts there. Now it was more familial and dealing with loss and a completely different thing altogether. But at the same time, um, you know, Pixar takes these topics and they just, and they just, they, they squeeze and they wrench stuff out of them. So I, you know, I, kudos to them. Um, I think this is, this is very solid, solid offering. Yeah. Yeah. Good well, stuff. what, what's next for Pixar? Do y'all know what they have another movie coming out anytime soon? Well, well, June, baby, right? Uh, we got Lightyear. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Lightyear. Okay, big, big time. That's the next one. Huh? For that one. That's the on expectations for that will be very high. <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. Yeah. Established franchise. Well, speaking of expectations, high. My expectations are high to finish this bracket to see who the champion is for 
um, our Disney greatest movie of all time tournament bracket. We started with 64, 64 movies, Disney movies. We included Lucasfilms. We included Touchstone. We included Marvel. We included if Disney owns it. Um, other than we, we didn't include 20th Century Fox, but if Disney is a Disney property, then we included it and we we ranked these. We seeded these things based on all time box office gross adjusted for inflation. And we put them all in a tournament and we have already done round one. We refer you to episode 41. Go back and if you want to listen to round one, um, that was a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of matchups. <laughs> and then round two, we actually did the round of 32 in the Sweet 16 in episode 42. Go back and listen to that. And that gets us to the Elite Eight. And we're going to finish this bracket today. So are you guys ready Let's to do, do this? I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm pumped, but I'm kind of nervous too because the, <laughs> this, you know, we've probably already eliminated so many people's favorites and a lot of my favorites. So uh, this is where it gets really. You're picking uh, just like, it's just right like now. real life. There's people crying right now. There's teams home that should not be uh, <clears throat> Kentucky, <laughs> and there's teams that really are outperforming, like you know UNC. So, um, <laughs> come on. But, Let's uh let's let's start here. We're gonna go to the East Region, and we've got we got one that that held seed. We got some chalk here. The number one overall seed, the number one grossing movie of all Disney movie of all time, Star Wars, the original 1977 Star Wars. Which their path to get here, it took out Inside Out, it took out Swiss Family Robinson, it took out Marvel um, Avengers Civil War. Um, so. And then we're here, and that's how it got to the Elite Eight. And it's up against Return of the Jedi, the third movie in the franchise. And it took out Armageddon, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Pearl, and Monsters, Inc. to get here. So we're here in the Elite Eight met matchup. This is to go to the Final Four, East Region. Who wants to start out their vote and reasoning for Star Wars versus Return of the Jedi? I can start it off. I'm gonna. Uh, all, right, all right. You want? Wait. Were you gonna want to start it off, or were you giving it to me? I'll take it. All right. <laughs> so, the, the this is basically a discussion of: Do you like how it starts? Do you like how it ends? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Return of the Jedi uh, because for me, why I love Star Wars, a big uh, thing that I love to watch on the screen is those lightsaber battles. I love, I think it, it makes, it's what's just so unique about Star Wars. You've got a lot of guns and, you know, laser beams and a lot of different other franchises, but lightsaber is uniquely Star Wars. And I love to watch those battles. And I feel like in Return of the Jedi, that's when you get good, you know, Luke has finally mastered the Jedi thing. He's figuring it out. You get some cool things there. Uh, and I just love the conclusion uh, to the original trilogy so much. So my vote's going towards Return of the Jedi. All right, All right. Dustin, you go next. Well, I mean, for the dra dramatic purposes, um, I mean, I'll go next if you'd like me to, but I'm also Return of the Jedi, man. Um, I love the original Star Wars, but the first one I saw was Return of the Jedi. And I agree, it kind of takes... You get you get lightsaber battles. You get Boba Fett. You get the desert. You get the you know the the Rancor. You get Jabba the Hut. You get so many scenes. You get the destruction of the you know the, the whole the whole thing. Kind of the Emperor and 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 Darth Vader saving his son. And there's still good in him. And kind of this is actually the the the, the 
the ultimate episode of everything we've watched, right? Until the new yeah. new trilogy. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna say Return of the Jedi. As much as I love love Star Wars, I start for, felt the first Star Wars was was something uh, iconic because it was the first thing to do it, right? It was just nobody had seen anything like it, right? So I, I totally get that. But the the development of the characters, people have lived with them a little longer. You know, Han Solo, you had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, um, the voice James Earl Jones, and all of these incredible land. Um, Jimmy D. Williams, um, you know, incredible cast that really. Uh, um, I think I'm going to go with with um, Return of the Jedi. All right, I thought you both would pick that one, so it's good. I'll give. Uh, I, 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 I I would have. I think I, that was what I was going to go with. But since you uh, you did and you already said it, I'm going to give Star Wars a vote just for being the one that started it all. I'll give it. I always think that's worth ten yeah. extra points sure. just for being the franchise. Uh, but I agree. I would. Uh, you know, Return of the Jedi probably way more action and uh, fun to rewatch. Awesome. All right, Return of the Jedi is in the final four. That's an upset, a two over a one, but an upset. Um, now we move to the south bracket where we have, and this is an interesting matchup, we have Snow White, whose path did the number one um, seed in this in this bracket, the number two overall seed. Um, it took out The Incredibles, Lady and the Tramp, <laughs> and Peter Pan, like Disney animation, all in that one one bracket there. It took them all out to survive. Snow White's here. It's going up against the Lion King. You know, a representative from the 90s. The Lion King look, took out Alice in Wonderland, Bambi, and then Avengers Endgame. It took out Avengers Endgame to get here. Huge upset. And we get, so the three the three seeds, Lion King, it's the one seed, Snow White. Who's going to go first? Dave, we'll let you go first on this one. Okay. I will educate um, us. Educate uh, us. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Persuade us. Well, no, uh, man. These are these are two huge iconic movies. Again, Snow White, um, f- for its historical purpose, still amazes me that it was. It's the number one highest grossing Disney movie adjusted for inflation of all time. It still holds it. Of course, it's had more time, uh, but. You know, I heard somebody call it uh, these older Disney movies uh, like Disney legacy properties. Like they know the value of these of these stories. That's why they don't. I would imagine they don't want them to become dated. They want to recreate them. They want to do a live action Snow White because they want to keep people involved in this story. It's, it's Snow White is very dated to its time. You have to be able to look past. Uh, you know this current culture and in comparing it to that, or you're going to, you're going to, you're going to easily default to Lion King. I think Lion King is great in many ways. There's so many things I love about it. Definitely huge part of the Disney Renaissance, but on this, on this one, I'm going to go again for history and for art that the one that started it all uh, gets 10 extra points because there would be no Lion King if there hadn't been a Snow White. So I'm going to go with that one. All right, I'm still yeah, undecided, man. I still don't know. I'm still I don't undecided. Know what. Are you I'm undecided, still undecided for real? Yeah, for real. I mean, again. all right. So how about here's the thing. I'm a, so I'm gonna take the Lion King, 
What? And I'm going to let, okay. <laughs> no. No, because, because I, and one of us has to make the case for the Lion King. So I'm going to try to make the case and then you can decide. Oh my God. All right. Um, I would say, you know, your post, so Lion King came after The Little Mermaid. It came after Aladdin. Am I correct in that? It came after, yes. um, was Beauty and the Beast 1994. Before the Lion King yes. as well? Okay, so you had this uh, kind of Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and and Aladdin were all before. Okay, so Lion King. you had it this momentum right building up, right? And and then Lion King came out. And I remember I just I talked about earlier in the episode. I lived in East in, in Eastern Europe um, for this period of time in '94. I was in Eastern Europe. I actually saw the Lion King in a Greek movie theater um, <laughs> with English subtitles, first time, and um, and it was a uh, it. I, I really did like it. Um, I didn't like it as well as Aladdin. Um, so that's always kind of clouded what I thought. But it was huge. You cannot overstate how big this was internationally. This was a huge movie. Um, oh, yes. the, the Elton John soundtrack, you know, the, well, the soundtrack all, all together, but the, the circle of life, the Elton John presence, with, or was it Candle in the Wind that he wrote for Princess Di? It was kind of like, all of those things coalesced into kind of this cultural moment um, that he's involved in it. And, you know, um, it, it was, it can't be overstated how, how big this movie was. Um, the toys, the, the soundtrack, the just um, uh, all of it. And, and, and now it has a Broadway, you know, presence too. And it was kind of of all the Disney Broadways that, that I know of. I mean, I've seen this one on Broadway and it's spectacular as well. The music's great. The costumes are great. There's nothing else quite like it. It's become a, an iconic moment where they've had remakes now and they've had, you know, there's been sequels and these, the, everybody, like we talked about, everybody who ever holds a baby from now on holds the baby up like this and pretends, <laughs> you know, it's Simba. Um, uh, these are these are Hakuna Matata is now how did that become like don't worry be happy or whatever else you know um, that have become cultural moments these things have kind of changed culture now I get Snow White has too in a lot of ways but I'm gonna make the case for call it recency bias although it's 30 years old you know it's not recent uh, at all but I'm gonna make the case for the Lion King for those reasons and JD you get to add to take away and then be the deciding vote here or whether you're going classic Disney or more, well, they're both classic, but just how you define yeah. classic. <laughs> What's better? Yeah. Hey, one thing, one thing before you vote, one thing I'll, uh, one thing I'll say so strong about Lion King is it has very strong presence in the park. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly a lot of, an, a lot of animal kingdom. Uh, it, it's never gotten the attraction that I actually thought it deserves, but it's had, it's it's in kite tails, it's in parades, it's in merchandising. Yeah, exactly. It's you've got the Festival of the Lion King show. I mean, it it is a powerhouse of a movie, well, and that you know. However, that is how, very. Snow White has had a presence in the a strong presence in the park since day one, you know, and it's been but, it's evolved I, I, into Mine Train. Sure. Actually, your parking lot. Sleepy, happy, grumpy, dopey, sneaky. Where do you? Where, uh, we're in dumpy, uh, grump, grump, not dumpy, dumpy, dumpy. Gr- <laughs> seven. You know, um, from the, the parking lot, dumpy, <laughs> dumpy. I like dumpy, dumpy. Jamaica. There you go. So uh, yeah, the- yeah. Uh, so it definitely yeah. it feels like it's definitely the battle. I mean, both are classics. You can argue for both. Um, it seems like it's the argument between the one that started it all or this golden child, golden you know, has 
has influence in every industry of Disney parks, uh, soundtrack. We haven't even really talked about the soundtrack that much. I mean, anybody who knows a Disney song, it, chances are it's either Aladdin or Lion King. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it, and, it, and it's not just influence, it dominates. What but there saying? was a time, there was a time when those Snow White songs were just as popular. It's was that just Whistle that, While You Work? Yeah. Okay, Someday so, my uh, yeah. Someday will come. Yeah. But again, are, it's, it's, we're, we're, t- we're talking uh, songs that are 90 years old compared to, you know, songs that are 30 years old. And I think, yeah. I mean, the, where it also comes down to is Rotten Tomatoes, probably, I, I didn't double check, but the critics probably score Snow White a little higher just because of historical. And the audience is going to go with Lion King every time. Yeah. Always. I mean, that's a, I mean, but that's what you're scoring, though. It's like, are you scoring... Uh, relatable. I mean, I think that's a fair thing to judge a movie right. based off of re- relatable. I mean, yes, you look at Snow White. Um, has it really stood the test of time? I and mean, every time we've said something good about Snow White, it's been because it's so historic, because it's so old. And it's like, so that's the exact argument. It's like, does the fact that it's so old and that it started everything make it the best when there's another movie that's also known as one of the best and it's also has one of the best soundtracks. It also has one of the best uh, influences at the park. It also has shows all over the world. Uh, that's, but that is, I mean, again, I don't know. Um, that's right. the argument. It's, it's nostalgia. There are more people alive in the world who are nostalgic for Lion King than there are people that are, that are nostalgic because times have moved on. And in 30 more years, there will be another Disney movie that people are more nostalgic for than they are Lion King and Aladdin. Those things will be old. They're going to be 2D animation. They're going to be <laughs> archaic in 30 years because they're going to be 60 years old. Yeah. So it, that's what happens. It's it, it. There's a cultural shift. All right, we're in overtime. All right, JD. well, the thing is, you guys can blame me, but just blame yourselves because you put this decision on the youngest guy to make the nostalgic decision. So I've got to go with Lion King. Uh, it's got again. I've been saying it this whole time. It has the most influence when people think Disney. The average person, I'm thinking the average person, also the Disney fan. I think you're more likely to say Lion King. People would enjoy to watch Lion King more than Snow White if you were just going to sit on the yes. couch. Uh, I, agree. I mean, on all on all these scales, it seems like Lion King wins, except uh, just impact on the Disney company, uh, which again is a fair argument. Uh, but to me, I'm going over. The the qual the quantity of different things for Lion King, right? It's it, it's you know again one thing I do think was so great about Snow White is this is the simple storytelling. You've got like ten characters, and in an hour and fifteen minutes, you go through all these emotions. You've got the humor. You've got the villain who is one of the still one of the scariest villains that gives kids nightmares of all time. Um, and Lion King is just not even the same formula. It's a completely different thing. I mean, a way bigger cast of characters. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about Lion King is that, you know, you had this formula going with Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin where there was all these couple movies. And then Lion King just comes out in 94 and it's it's about that too, but it's it's much it's it's a, a much bigger, bigger kingdom than about than a they're not princess movies and they're not yeah so it's uh it was and it was all animals all all animal cast so that was a big a big uh shift 
Like it could have been, people could have said, we want more of, we want more Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, but they, they went with a different uh, formula. So yeah, I think I, I expected, I expected Lion King to win. So I, but I think that was a good, a good matchup. Yeah. Well, Lion King moves on to the final four. We've got a matchup now in the final four between Return of the Jedi and Lion King coming up. Stay tuned for that. But first, we got to get over to the West region where the Avengers, the original first Avengers movies, is up against Aladdin. The 10 seed mm. Aladdin versus the 4 seed Avengers. Both of them had some upsets to get here. Um, Aladdin beat Cinderella. Aladdin beat Iron Man. Already took out Iron Man. Now it's up against the rest of the Avengers, <laughs> right? Uh, and Aladdin beat Beauty and the Beast to be here. The Avengers coming out here took out Toy Story, took out Star Wars The Last Jedi, and the Jungle Book live-action remake to get here. So now they're up against each other. Who goes to the final four? Do you want me to go first on this one? Gosh, I... <laughs> I still, I wish I wish we were comparing Aladdin to Toy Story. I wish Toy Story had. still in. I know Toy Story got a bum draw. It's like the but like the again SEC we this year we were looking out. Yeah, Toy Story is the one that's just blatantly missing from the from the Elite Eight, and and it's going to be missing to me from the top four. <laughs> so I'm going to vote Aladdin first. Okay, I'm going to vote Aladdin for um, overall Disneyness, right? And just the still um, number one song, um, number one song on the Billboard charts, A Whole New World, um, excellent cast. We forget about, um, um, oh, um, Gilbert Godfrey is, you know, a voice in that, Robin Williams. I mean, these are like an era bygone of just incredible comedic, act- comedic actors that are involved in this. It's just a masterpiece. It's a work of art. I love Avengers. You guys know how much I love Avengers. But I think um, both Infinity War and Endgame are better than this one, um, too. So I'm going with Aladdin. Okay, because you said that it's a cross between the two. I'm going to say Avengers. And my my case for the Avengers is it's almost like the Snow White for the Marvel movies, where it's the one that started it all. I mean, it really, I mean, you get that first glimpse of Thanos in the post credit scene. Everyone's favorite, I mean, I say everybody, everyone I kind of talk to and, and that I talk to about Marvel, they say like that original six Avengers is just that core, nostalgic, their favorite Marvel superheroes. Um, and I remember just laughing so hard in the movie theater when Loki gets slammed by Hulk and he says, puny God. Like I just remember just yeah. laughing my head off. Um, so I'm going to say Avengers. That's great. I'm, and I have your quote down. Avengers is the Snow White of Marvel movies. I'm going to tweet that <laughs> there out. <you> go. <laughs> there you go. The one that started it all. Man. Uh-oh. So if I if I if I go with Aladdin, we're gonna have Aladdin going up against Lion King. No, they're on the opposite side of the bracket. Well, and that's but what eventually, the championships. Well, you're it, assuming that the Lion King wins. Yeah. Oh no, I I, I would say they both will have two animated movies in oh. the final four. Okay. If uh, if I vote Avengers, we'll have an animated movie, a Star Wars movie, and an Avengers movie all in the final four. And, I mean, and a Marvel movie. I see what you're doing here. You're you're <laughs> checking out the the future the future matchups. Yeah, I am. 
And, I, and uh, you're yeah. like the TV. You're like the TV guys. Are like we really need Duke and Kentucky and UNC to all be in the final four. <laughs> yeah. so people will watch this thing. Yeah, we need yeah. Michigan in the tournament. Yeah, there you go. Uh, man, this is this is a tough one. I agree with John David. Avengers, I think, made it this far because even though it's not Endgame or Infinity War, it's it's still just such an enjoyable movie all around. To me, it's one of the top, if not the top, and just enjoyable Avengers movies. I mean, Marvel movies. Um, but Aladdin, I mean, for Disney-ness, you know, I... I love animation so much. It's hard to not give it to <laughs> this Aladdin. It's killing you. It's killing you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm so I'm really split. Like I want to give it to Avengers because I want a Marvel movie in the top. <laughs> the stakes are high. The stakes are you, high. You can't be the one that takes Aladdin out. <laughs> I love it. The the decision. What's he gonna choose? But see, I'm, yeah, I'm, more, I'm close. I mean, We're back and forth. <laughs> the Aladdin and Lion King is uh, my kids' nostalgia. It's it's a little, I've, I'm more nostalgic for things a little bit older. So my my nostalgia is all out. You know, um, uh, this is tough because I'm not I'm not feeling e- either one of those that strongly because they're neither are nostalgic for me. <laughs> they're they're contemporary for me. So. Uh, Aladdin was a what? What seed was Aladdin? They were a ten seed. They're they're the wow. they're the Cinderella, they're the Cinderella story. <coughs> Can I flip how's a coin? that? Did, I, did that get your nostalgia going? <laughs> yeah, it's a, right. Aladdin, the Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah, you can flip a coin. I mean, that's yeah. how half these you know a bad yeah. call at the end of the game. Yeah, buzzer, gum, you guys beater. almost lost. You guys, uh, UNC almost lost because the guy got thrown oh. out. Yeah. 25 point comeback. Yeah. All right. Uh, heads. We're going to the toin cost. The toin cost. <laughs> the co- coin toss. Yeah. Heads, Aladdin, Tails, Avengers. All right. Two out of. Oh, here we go. What did I say? You <laughs> <laughs> said heads, heads, Aladdin. Heads, Aladdin. Aladdin wins. Oh, what? Wow. Wow. No, I, no, I, no, I, I think I got to go with Avengers. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. They replayed the call. They looked at the after checking the monitors. Dude, this is so. This is the best. But that's a buzzer. That that is a buzzer beater right there. So Avengers moves on the three seed split decision, which brings us to our final final four game, and it is Mary Poppins versus The Empire Strikes Back. And I know mm. what David's picking because <laughs> of how how he's moving here. So um, yeah. So go ahead. You go first, David. Well, because Empire uh, is already represented, yes, I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with Mary Poppins because I want to see her uh, wipe up everybody with her carpet bag in the final four. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome, and I love David is the TV exec amongst us. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know I want to pick Empire Strikes Back, but I can make a strong case for me. I am going to pick Empire Strikes Back because I'm a bigger Star Wars fan. It's the best of all the Star Wars movies. It actually was nominated for Best Picture. Um, the most uh, 
in-depth performances that the actors gave. I think it's the most compelling of all the Star Wars. It's fa- other than Rogue One uh, and Return of the Jedi, it's like right there for me personally. But I think critics is the highest ever critically acclaimed Star Wars movie as well. So I'm gonna pick Empire Strikes Back, and it all falls on JD here. Gosh. So the thing is, I mean, yeah, Dustin, you just said it. You could go either way. I mean, you could plead the case pretty strong on both sides. I've always heard people say critic-wise, Empire Strikes Back is the best. But again, I've always preferred uh, Return of the Jedi. That's my decision. And I know Mary Poppins has such a big impact. uh, And it really uh, symbolizes a lot of what Disney is. Uh so it's we have tough. a soundtrack. You know, I mean, you have the John Williams soundtrack versus um, what are the songs? You got was it Super Califragilistic yeah. You know, yeah. culture. So, I mean, seriously, like Step in Time, Sounds of Culture, Spoon sp- Spoonful of Sugar, Spoonful of Sugar. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's why. I, okay, so Ch- Chim Chim Tree, which won the yeah. which won the Oscar? Yeah, it's got Vin Vin Van Dyke. So I think I'm gonna go with what I was gonna say beforehand. Honestly, Dustin, with what you said, it almost had me flip it right there. But I'm I think I'm gonna go with my gut, which was Mary Poppins, uh, for this one. Wow, that was a great matchup, though. I mean, yeah, all these have really been was. really good. If, Mary if Poppins. Empire, if Empire had won, I was gonna go back and change my vote for Aladdin. <laughs> And put Aladdin back in. That's still the hardest one to me. Well, this this is this is good. I mean, we're so Empire is actually that was an upset because Empire was the two seed out there. So Mary Poppins moves on a split. All those were split. They should have been close as we want those to be. Mary Poppins is now up against Avengers and Return of the Jedi and the Lion King. Those are our final four teams of all of this bracket, 64 movies. And we've got return of the Jedi, Lion King, Avengers, Mary Poppins. That's a good, that's a good foursome right there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's really solid. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to get to the final four? I would just really need a minute. You need a minute. I would love, I would love to see this actually play out on a screen with Mary Poppins and Darth Vader and the Hulk and, Simba. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see like the you know the really dramatic camera shot where they're like holding the ball, you know, and they're just looking at the camera. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, the promo B reel kind of B roll kind of stuff. I like to see Mary Poppins and all of them just sort of standing there with their graphics. You know, she, she does like a she like them. does a dunk. Yeah, <laughs> she floats up on her umbrella and like slams yeah. dunks. Well, let's go here first. Let's go for the first side, first game. Return of the Jedi versus Lion King. Return of the Jedi versus the Lion King. Gosh. I'm going to say the Lion King. Okay. okay. All right. I'll I'll say Return of the Jedi. Oh, dang. I'm, I'm you split. guys jumped in I'm quick because you didn't want to. Exactly. But let me, let's, let's elaborate on it a little bit. For me, it's tough. Uh, when you when we're doing this bracket of really all of Disney, I mean, this is a Disney scale um, because it goes both ways. Like, yes, I definitely love Star Wars more as a fan, but I'm thinking about the fan base, and it's like if you're not a Star Wars fan, uh, have you seen Return of the Jedi? You know, it's like I just don't know. Like, that's my crosshair. It's like if you love, if you just semi can understand Star Wars, you love this movie. Uh, you know, that's that's a Dang. tough thing. That's a tough thing. You know, I think you're right about that. 
you might have just won me over because I was going to pick Return of the Jedi, but you just said yeah. there's a whole bunch of people that have never seen that and never will and never want to. Yeah. Everybody's seen The Lion King. Yeah, which is tough. <laughs> or it, well, they both have. Again, they both have huge box office. <laughs> that's true. But most the thing about Star Wars is like guys like me that go five times. Hmm. You know, and the curiosity of it. No, I, I may I take that back because there are people that haven't seen The Lion King too, right? It, it, you know, people. Some people don't watch cartoons. And I could say, well, you've been influenced by the Lion King. You know who Kuna, Kuna was, but you've been influenced by Star Wars too. May the Force be with you. The John Williams soundtrack. <laughs> like both of these are like monsters. They're monsters. I mean, literally, the Lion Kings are monsters, and there are monsters in Return of the Jedi too. Um, thinking of the Rancor, so dad gum. <laughs> and I, if I, you know, it's, it, if I were to go like the Disneyness of it, it would be Lion King. But and and to me, like is, I prefer Aladdin. <laughs> I prefer like two or three other Disney cartoons. Two lying. It's not my favorite of all of them. Return of me the Jedi too. is my favorite of the Star Wars movies. So I'm gonna go Return of the Jedi. I'm gonna wow, go Return of the right. Jedi. Wow. Yeah, the bracket that's really is the kind crazy of what I, aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the Lion King. I know is a huge fan favorite. It just was never my favorite. I like yeah. almost every other movie in the '90s a little Me bit too. more than that. And always Me too. Ma- amazing, like Hercules, even Hunchback. I thought an amazing soundtrack and one of the most terrifying villains of all. And Lion King uh, always felt like it was a. I don't know, just. I don't know. A lot of people love it. It just was never exactly my favorite, but I could recognize like Snow White. There's a part of it that I can recognize how great it is, even if it's not exactly my favorite. But, (laughs) but, but Return of the Jedi, I kind of expected that was going to win. I I knew, I knew that, I knew that one of those Star Wars movies was going to make it all the way. And I, and if, and if, when, when Star Wars and Avengers are one of these wins, I think that we need to come back and do a bracket with all animation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know Fair how enough. we're going to seed it. I don't know how, and the, and we talked about doing that, but there's no, we couldn't find records for all the animated movies. This, we, this was all created by box office sales. That's how we decided what the one seeds and the Well, and the hard thing now were. is, you know, that's changed forever because box office sales are, are skewed. The last three years, there haven't been any. So, um, right. So hardly, I mean, it would be, I don't know how we're going to figure out how to put these in order unless we, we could go know, by like, anyway, it's critic scores, like rot, rotten tomatoes, but then you don't have that have for do like that. the old stuff either, but we'll figure that out. That's a great no, idea. It's, it's there. It's there. I mean, okay. the old stuff's there and critics. Yeah. Some of the old stuff that's obscure is critically highly rated. And then, but audience is very low rated like okay. Saludos Amigos and three Caballeros, all the war era movies. They have pretty high scores on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Well, we're going to the other side of the bracket. We got the Avengers against Mary Poppins. Gosh. Well, I'll start. Oh, dang. I'll start off with my same argument I've been saying this whole time. Avengers, it's just, it's that sweet spot. Dad, you said it right. Um, it's the most pleasing to just watch, rewatch. You can laugh. It's got really cool action scenes. Introduces some of the best characters the MCU has. Rewatch it, rewatch it. It's that 
beginning piece of the puzzle that really set the pace for everything else that is to come. I love it. People love it. Avengers. And it's the Snow White of Marvel movies. It's the Snow White <laughs> of Marvel. The one that started it all. <laughs> I love it. I should we should Lion King is the Shakespeare of Disney movies. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Keep it going. What's what's the Mary what's Mary Poppins? I guess it's just Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's the pra- it's practically perfect in every way. <laughs> yeah. Of Disney movies. Well, Mary Poppins is the duke of um of the tournament because they're about Whoa. to get bounced. Cuz I'm voting Avengers. Wow. See you Mary Poppins. Now, and again, it's not really fair. When you get here, everybody's good. There's a case to be made for everything. And I was going to wait around until David made the case for Mary Poppins first. But, you know, <laughs> you know just, I knew just, I knew when we started this, I knew when we started this, it would end up being a Star Wars movie against a Marvel movie. Well, I wasn't sure it's which like, Marvel movie, but I knew that I was like, Disney's not true Disney's not going to win. It's going to be Star, these other you're franchises. You're right. And it's not, you're right. This isn't true Disney. That's that's a great point. But we included them and Marvel had like six or seven entries. It's like, you know, one of these conferences to get all these teams in. Star Wars had almost nine, I think nine entries into the tournament. So you're at, the odds were one of them was going to squeak out depending on, on, no matter what. Yeah, and box office, box office wise, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies that are the best also had the highest grossing, you know, money wise. So it's like, I mean, yes, I, I always talk about Hercules is my favorite uh, animated Disney movie. It's not on this list, so we can't really plead the case for all. It's in the, the NIT. Best. Yeah, it's in the NIT <laughs> this year. Next year, hopefully, yeah. we'll get some better recruits, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, David, you yeah. got to vote, though. Um, you got to well, give your token vote. <laughs> I'll give – okay, I, I'll just – you know, it's not because it's, it's my favorite, but I'll give it to Mary Poppins just because I'm going to vote Disney in this one. But Avengers is my favorite. Uh, it really is my favorite Marvel, I think, of all. So so had I voted Mary Poppins, what would you have voted? I probably would have flipped a coin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, again, it's like I, I, I wish that, uh, you know, we had a – we had all agreed on one animated movie that was our exact favorite that it went up against all these others. But we're, we're, we're actually more like-minded in Star Wars and Avengers than we are probably in Disney. I wish so. Kentucky wouldn't have played St. Peter's now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, No, I'm with you. It's, and, and it's, the, the one that's the beauty of a bracket. The beauty of a bracket yeah. is just the randomness of it. And, man, it makes you think about things in a different, completely different way. And you know, the one thing is, you know, I love I love individual movies, but Star Wars and Avenger and and Marvel are such big franchises. And the Avengers is a huge franchise just on on its own. And that's why the one that's missing here is Toy Story. Like that is that is equally as big. You know, um Aladdin is not a it's not a land. It's it's a it has its place, but it's not Harry Potter. It's not as big as those stories and those, you know. So it, it's, it's it's actually the franchises are winning. <laughs> All right, yeah. I want to see what you guys do here. Final game, man. <laughs> this is this is amazing. Coin. You've got Luke versus yeah. you know Tony Stark. 
You've got wow. Han Solo versus actually probably Han Solo versus Iron Man. They're kind of more equivalents. You got Luke versus uh, who would be the Luke equivalent? Captain America, I'd say. And you've got um, Chewie versus Hulk. You've got Princess Leia and, and Black Widow. Leia and Black <laughs> Widow. This is this is like the showdown for the ages. You know, really um, Chewbacca, uh, Chewbacca and Groot. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works go. too. So this is this is really hard. I, I'm I'm gonna make the case for Star Wars: Return of the Jedi because I have a feeling where we're going here. But I'm gonna make I I, I do think that culturally, Star Wars has impacted culture far more than Marvel has to this point. They're both really? comic book culture, you know, so they're both like the, appeals to the same type of person. But I, I do think that kind of Star Wars penetrated deeper, faster. We have the toys first. Like Marvel is a newer phenomenon that has been made great because of some incredible storytelling. Um, Star Wars has had hit and misses, you know, through the years. Let's just be honest about it. Some of it hasn't been as great as others, but this is the great part. This is the great part. Um, this is the this is the Snow White of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm going to make the, the case for um, Return of the Jedi. Um, it looks great. It's amazing how in that span of from 1977 to um, 1983, how much better the movie looks than the original Star Wars too. Just how much things had progressed. That it just it's a much more beautiful movie. Um, the technology, I think, is a lot better in in Return of the Jedi than it was back just in 77. They were doing some incredible things. So I'm, I'm going to say Return of the Jedi, and then I'm going to kick it off, throw it over to JD. Okay. Because, I, I, you know, I love Great seeing David squirm over there. <laughs> Great points. Again, I'm repping my Star Wars shirt right now. I love Star Wars so much. Um, and that, that is the big question of, Franchise-wise, again, we're going to get to the movie, but franchise-wise, you know, Star Wars, that original trilogy is just, like, cinematic. Really good. I'm like, oh, of course, you can really get to perfection for its time and things such as that. Um, so good. Again, so beautiful uh, to look at uh, with a great storyline, great characters. Um, but then when I go to the other side, I go to the Marvel side. Um, I'm just such a fan of the way that Marvel has done things where they've planned it out so well, planned it out so well. And I keep bringing it up because I love it so much where they have this Avengers movie and they know what they're going to do 15 movies from there. Like, you know, just so far out, so well planned. Um, and it's a good plan. Uh, one that brings people together. Again, I love going to these Spider-Man movies uh, and seeing people who don't even care about superheroes, don't care about even really Spider-Man, and they're getting into the, the you know the all the different aspects of uh, what Marvel is, uh, and that brings people together, and that's what movies are about. That's what I think Disney's really about is just bringing people together and giving people something to relate. Uh, and again, Avengers is the one that started it all, brought my friends together on soccer tournament, uh, laughed. Cried Whoa. through it all. No, don't you go do it. With don't you Avengers. do it. <laughs> Avengers. No. Yeah, I knew that was happening. And you make a great point about how well um, the Avengers movie was woven and a plan was in place because you cannot say that about Star Wars. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. there, I mean, there the biggest... was a plan. He did plan the prequels, you know, it was episodes four, mm -hmm. five, and six, but just the execution wasn't quite, uh, probably, I think, pretty objectively not as well done as Marvel. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's the biggest critique. Yeah. Here we but go. we're not. We, but the, the the Star Wars franchise is not the thing competing. Right. It's Return That's of the exactly Jedi right. against yeah. the Avengers, against the Snow White of Marvel. <laughs> well, well. How, can we put it off for one week and let me go back and watch these movies both one more time? <laughs> do, do you want to do that for real? Do we need a cliffhanger? We could leave a cliffhanger. I mean, everybody who spent an hour and a half with us to get to this point, <laughs> but why not? I mean, it only take you know to give us something. Why not? David's gonna watch. Okay, you want to do that? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. All right. So David is going to watch the Avengers. And Return of the Jedi this week. And he's going to report back next week to make his final decision on who will be crowned the 2022 all-time Disney movie bracket champion. Wow. I love and, it. And you guys, can, you guys can change your votes too, maybe. If no, no, no. To. We're locked in. Them. This is all locked on you, in. man. We're locked I'm in. I'm sure. I'm sure of my answer. All right. I love it. I'm going to watch them. I think, the, to be fair, I need to watch them again because th they're both so good. I don't know that I have a favorite, so I'm going to watch them again. Okay, I'm going to get this posted quickly so all of our listeners can chime in and try to sway David uh, and make some great points for both. So it, we. this is why we love Disney, because of these arguments and this kind of this fandom that kind of crosses paths in all these incredible ways. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a, a rooting interest in this, you can call David at 615. 555-5555. <laughs> 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 so, uh, any, no, but uh, please get with us on Instagram, Twitter. Contact us through whyilovedisney.com and let us know what you think. Tell us where we messed up in this bracket, and we cannot wait to hear from you next week. Hey, anything else I, to say, I really, I really want to hear if uh, what people would have picked for their animated, like if animation had won. If a Disney movie had won, what would what would people have wanted? I can already hear angry emails saying, these aren't Disney movies. These aren't Disney movies. <laughs> and I get that. I yeah. totally get that. But the rules were set at the very beginning. We seeded these like it is. It is how it is. They got the draws they got. You don't always like how it ends up. But sometimes, sometimes Duke wins a championship and none of us are happy. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That's right. <laughs> you're a duke fan we don't want to offend you we're what we're glad you listen to but it's just it's just how we feel man it's just how we feel so mm -hmm. anything else to add you want to say say anything jd you Fun happy stuff. with the bracket yeah definitely i've loved I've, I've loved doing this bracket definitely want to do a marvel bracket i think we'll have a lot of fun with that uh so much to do soundtrack wise i think it's really interesting and it's making me think a lot about what my favorites are it's really fun awesome i love it well until next time we'll see you Thanks, guys. Going.